You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great assistance in Ramat Beit Shemesh Israel 5769-2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Noah. This morning I woke up and the sound that you hear in the background right now that I recorded from outside of my window, it's going to fade out soon, but that sound is what I woke up to. And Baruch Hashem, thank God, it was raining. And it's very interesting because in the past, you know, as a kid, so when you wake up and there's rain, so you think, oh, it's a gloomy day, it's a rainy day. Rainy day in American culture is a, has a negative connotation to it. But here in Eretz Israel, in Israel, so, you know, everyone's excited, it's raining, it's raining. Because, you know, we go through a whole summer without any rain, and the Kinneret, that, that lake up in the north of Israel, that contains all the water for all of Israel, it goes down and it sinks lower and lower and lower. Especially last year, there was a dearth of rain. And you know, you wake up in the morning and it's raining and everyone's excited and happy. It's an amazing contrast between the way a person perhaps grows up as a child and the way a person who's grown up a little bit looks at rain. And I think that this this contrast between the way that a person looks at rain is fundamental to understanding something essential in this week's Parsha. You know, our Parsha tells us about the great flood that occurred in the times of Noah. Noah was a good man, he was a tzaddik, he was a righteous person. And he spent his days doing righteous things, communing with God, and perhaps meditating. And so he was righteous in his generation. However, all of the other people in his generation were not worthy. They were Rishon, they were very evil. They were involved in the three cardinal sins, Gilei Arayas, Shvichas Damim, and Avodah Zarah. They were involved in licentious behavior, immoral behavior. They were involved in murder, and they were involved in idolatry. And because of this, they were destroyed. And how were they destroyed? And this brings us to our first question. They were destroyed with rain. They were destroyed by a deluge. And the question that's obvious is, why did God choose? Why did Hashem choose to destroy the whole world with a deluge, with rain? Why didn't He choose? It says, Rashi brings down, that in fact, that the people of the world, they experienced something where a third of the world before the deluge was destroyed by a great tidal wave that, that came in from the Atlantic and destroyed a third of the world. So, why did Hashem at this point, when, he, when He's destroying the entire world, why does He choose to use rain? We also find that Sodom, Sodom and Amora, or Sodom and Gomorrah as they're referred to in English, so they were destroyed by sulfur and fire, and that was their destruction. Why did Hashem at this point, what, what is the significance of rain? Why is it that the world was destroyed at that time with an overabundance of rain, a destructive rain that created a deluge? What's the understanding? Another important thing that I'd like to point out that occurred right as the flood was beginning, our Chazal, our, our sages teach us that as the rain began to fall, so at that moment there was still a potential that that rain could have been Gishme Bracha, that it could have been rain that would fall and would be a blessing. All of those Rishayim, all of those evil people, if they would have just repented, if they would have just come back to God and realized that Noah all along for 120 years has been saying that there's going to be a great deluge, there's going to be a rain, and it's going to destroy the world because of their evil deeds, if they would have woken up at that moment and repented so that rain could, could have and would have turned around to become Gishme Bracha, to become rain, of blessing. Now the question here is, how could it be a rain that's about to fall? It's going to be a deluge. It could have somehow switched around at that moment. All he had to do was do tshuva to do some repentance. They wouldn't have been tzaddikim even. They wouldn't have been righteous. All he had to do was change their attitude. And that would have switched everything all around. It would become gishme bracha. Blessings would have fallen down upon the earth. How do we understand that? How does that work? 
So to begin with, let's try to look for a few different places where we see the Torah speaks about rain. Well, we'll be able to see that there's a connection, an important connection that we can make and begin to understand what's, what is rain significance. So the first place I'd like to mention is in Dvarim, it's the second paragraph of the Shema that we say, it's in Dvarim in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13, begins like this, And it will be, if you will listen to my commandments, that I command you today, to love Hashem, your God, and to serve Him, with all your heart and with all of your soul. Next verse, I will give you the rain of your land in its time. It's talking about the early rains, the late rains, and you're going to be able to bring in all of your produce and your wine and your oil. So basically the Torah says, if you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to get rain. And then the next verse is, we're going to skip one verse, Be careful, lest your heart turn away, and you're going to turn away and you're going to serve other, uh, other gods, you're going to bow down to them, and God will get angry at you, and you will hold back the heavens, there will not be rain, and the earth will not give forth its produce. Etc. So here we see that it's directly dependent how much a person gets rain, how much rain and how much produce a person has is directly dependent upon a person's deeds. If a person fulfills the commandments, he's involved constantly in doing God's will, he's constantly involved in loving God, serving God to the best of his ability, so then the rain comes. And if heaven forbid a person is not involved at that level in serving God, so then the rains are held back. Clearly here we see that there's an, an intimate connection, an intimate relationship between a person's actions, man's actions, people, humankind's actions, and how much rain a place will receive. Specifically, it's speaking about the land of Israel, because of course we know that that Hashem's eyes, so to speak, are constantly directed towards Israel. There's a tremendous amount of Hashkacha Pratis, divine providence, that's specifically in the land of Israel, and therefore based on a person's actions in Israel, that's how much rain a person will get. And it's certainly true as well in other places, but it's more true, it's more specifically true in Israel. Now the question here, again, is, why is it, it's clear, but why is it true that rain is dependent on a person's actions? What does that show? What does that represent? Another question that presents itself based on the verses that we just read is that it would seem to be that when a person is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, when the people of Israel, the Jewish people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing in the land of Israel, so then the rain gets withheld. That's the punishment. Why is it that in regards to the deluge, it was the exact opposite? What happened? It wasn't that the rain, the rain got withheld, but rather the rain came down in abundance and overabundance and totally overwhelmed the world. Why is it that that's what happened in those times? Whereas later, when the Torah tells us if we don't do what we're supposed to do, there's going to be a lack of rain. How do we understand this significant point as well? So I'd like to share with you a Gemara. There's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, on the Yudzayin of page 17b. And this Gemara is going to point us in the direction that we need to head. The Gemara goes like this. The Gemara brings the verse, it says, The eyes of God, so to speak, are on the land of Israel. So the Gemara says, sometimes this can be a good thing, and sometimes this can work to our disfavor. How is it good and how is it bad? So the Gemara says, sometimes, let's say, the people of Israel on Rosh Hashanah are Rishayim. Heaven forbid, the people of Israel are wicked, they're not good. So God decrees upon the people of Israel that there shouldn't be a lot of rain. Now what happens as the year progresses, the people of Israel have done tshuva, they've repented and they've become tzaddikim, they've become righteous. So what happens? So the Gemara says, since it was already decreed that there should be a small amount of rain, 
So it's too late. That can't be changed. That decree has already occurred. However, what happens is the small amount of rain comes down in the exact right time, and it comes down exactly in the right place. So you can't change that original decree, but you can change how it plays itself out. And the Gemara says, how does it work out in a negative way? So let's say the Jewish people at the time of Rosh Hashanah, on the first day of the year, so they were righteous. So God decrees upon them a tremendous amount of rain. However, what happens as the year progresses, heaven forbid, they become wicked. So what happens? You can't change the original decree. The amount of rain that's going to fall is the amount of rain that's going to fall. But what happens is, there is a small change. And that change is, that instead of it falling in the right place at the right time, it falls in the wrong place at the worst times. And thus, so you can fulfill both of them. Now the question that we need to ask on this Gemara is as follows. Let's look at the case where the people, the Jewish people started off being tzaddikim, they were righteous. And then what happened, they changed to be evil, they changed to be wicked, heaven forbid. So now, the original gzera, the original decree was that they should have a lot of rain. And now they switched and they became evil. Now the question is, why does rain have to fall so much? Forget about it, just let the rain not fall at all, because there was an original decree, it's set in stone, it can't be changed. What's going on? How do we understand? Why? If they became evil, so then there should be no rain at all. Why is it that the rain has to fall the way it was originally decreed on Rosh Hashanah on that first day of the year? And the converse also you could ask, why is it if they start off being Risham, they were wicked, and then they became righteous, so then the, the rain can't fall anymore? Why not? Why can't it change? And I believe what, it, what the message here is and what it teaches us and where we need to head is that rain, when we talk about rain, rain at its essence is pure potential. Rain focuses on the potential of man. Where is man at that point on Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is that day, that's the beginning of the year, that's all of the, all of the potential of a person is embedded in that day. And when we talk about rain, rain is pure potential. Rain comes down, the rain is just water. But nevertheless, it's what creates the ability for the ground to become fertile, for it to grow things. The rain is what creates that potential. That's what rain is. And that's why rain cannot be changed. Whatever it was determined at the beginning, you can't change what the potential was. Yes, you can change what the effects are. If in potential a person was wicked, and then he changed and he became righteous, you can change the end product, but you can't change the potential. The amount that a person can become is direct directly proportional, directly dependent on what he was at the beginning of the year. And thus, if a person was originally righteous, and so he had the potential to be righteous, that potential remains. It may not have been activated, unfortunately, but still the potential, and that's what rain represents, it directly coincides with potential, and the potential cannot be changed. Now when we take this, let's, let's go back to the previous verses that we quoted. He said, If you listen, I'm going to give you the rain at the right time. There's going to come early rains and the late rains. And you're going to have everything that you need. When you fulfill the commandments, when you come close to God, you try your best. So God, not only does He give you the rain, does He give you the potential, but it comes in the right time. You're going to reap the, the product of your potential. When you're consistent and you're constantly doing what God wants, you're going to have both things. But having those two things is a direct consequence of the fact that you also have the potential and you've also consistently continued in your relationship with God, serving God. 
this concept also helps us understand why was it that the rain wasn't just withheld from the generation of the flood? Why wasn't it they starved to death, let's say? Why was it that they were overloaded with a tremendous amount of rain and that's how they died? And the answer is because we have to remember who we're speaking about here. These were people who lived 800, 900 years. And how did they spend their lives? They filled up their lives with absolutely nothing, with idolatry, with murder, with gili arias, with, with licentious behavior, with immoral behavior. That's how they filled up their lives. They were taking their potential and they were throwing it down the tubes. They weren't just wasting time. They weren't just doing nothing. They were taking their time and they were taking a lot of time and they were totally throwing it out the window. And that's what it represented, the fact that there was an overabundance of rain and that's how they died because the rain represents the potential. They had a tremendous amount of potential. They had an overwhelming amount of potential and then they were totally wasting that potential. This also explains why our Chazal, our sages teach us that at that last moment they could have gone and become Bali Tshuva. They could have repented. The question we asked was how does it help for them to repent? They're not Sadiqim. They're not righteous at that moment. All they've done is create potential. They've created potential to become great and that's all they needed if they would have turned around and said look at my life all I've done is waste my life I've thrown away my potential they would have gotten that message then the rain would have turned around instead of being Gishmei Hashchasa instead of being rain of destruction it would have been Gishmei Bracha the rain would have come down and would have been wonderful potential growing everything if they would have realized the mistake of their ways how they were throwing away all of the potential that they had now let's come back to the first thing that we spoke about the very first thing that we said was that we wake up in the morning and it's raining outside what do we think? We think automatically, Baruch Hashem, it's raining. All the crops are going to grow. Why do we think that? As opposed to Western culture, Western culture thinks, oh, it's a rainy day. Why do we think that way? We think that way because we realize, in Judaism, we realize the exceptional potential that rain affords us, the exceptional opportunities that we have, time, the time that we have, the moments that we have in this world. A person, how long does he have to live? 70, 80 years, maybe 90, if he's lucky. A person's time here is limited. Every moment is precious. In America, there's a concept called pastimes. We have national pastimes. In Western culture, you have ways to waste time. How can I kill time? Time killers. You know, you get on the computer and you can spend hours. And what are you doing? You're finding finding all kinds of different ways to waste your time. That's such a hashchas, a tremendous destruction. These are moments that God gave us. And I'm speaking to myself here also. These are moments that gave, that God gave us. We we have this opportunity, this tremendous potential that can gain us for all eternity a connection, a closeness to God. And every moment that we waste, heaven forbid, is lost forever. We have to learn from the, from the, from the Dor HaMabel, from that generation. They wasted their time. They had hundreds of years. We don't have those hundreds of years. We have 70, 80, 90 years. That's how much time that we have. We have to take those moments. We have to realize this rain, whenever we see the rain coming down, it's potential. God is giving us a message. If you do the Torah, if, you, if you're fulfilling, if you're filling up your life with good things, you're doing the commandments, you're serving God, you're trying your best. You're connecting to God. You're loving God. You're serving Him with all of your efforts. That's when the, the rain comes. When you're doing it right, God gives you a pat on the back. He says, look, you are taking your opportunities. You're taking what you're supposed to be doing. You're taking your potential and you're fulfilling your potential. You're going to have the rain. The rain's going to come in the right time. And all of the crops are going to grow. You're going to be able to see the fruits of your labors. It's a pat on the back. It's God saying, listen, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're taking your opportunities. We have to realize, we have to recognize that every moment is precious. Every moment that 
we have is an opportunity to fill it up with love of God. I want to bless you and me and all of us. I want to bless us all. We should all be zoch. We should merit to have that opportunity. We have so many opportunities to take those opportunities to realize that every moment is precious. Every moment is an opportunity to connect to God, to connect to each other, to raise each other up, to do chesed, to do kindness, and to fill ourselves, fill our lives with meaningfulness and closeness to God. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very good Shabbos.